When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, what we're going to start off with, we, we've got a, a new wave, new batch of Diru Hurus. Uh, we return to the, the deck of the We see the long line of applicants waiting to, jo- to put up their application to join the crew of the Uhuru. Either inside or outside. Yes. You know what? That has really centered me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. I think from my assessment, and this is only the observations and opinion of a single soul, the power of a seer means little more or little less than what the wielder makes of it, which is why it is so great, so beautiful, and so terrible. Should you desire power, desire to be captain of a crew because you desire to command and to lead and to compel to obey, then certainly you could attain that. The sight above your head could guide you on that path. All you have to do is choose to walk it. Should you instead choose to contemplate, to develop, to see and think then certainly you would be able to guide yourself down that path should you decide to liberate, to help, to heal. You could also find that as well. And this makes you, in some ways, no different than the other people around you. What being a seer allows you to do is find those paths more clearly and contemplate them with the center of your true heart in a way that does not allow you to flinch from uncomfortable truths. Which means if you decide to be a terrible thing, you will understand what being a terrible thing truly means and willingly lean into it. But I was able to do something recently that I think goes beyond just having good intentions and acting on them. I reached out. I grabbed the future. And I guess he kind of like gestures to the Kasarigama. May I see it? At that, he kind of like flinches back a tiny little bit. 
And then he grabs it. He looks at it. Two seconds too long. And then he kind of like offers it to her. You're right to be wary. In every circumstance, you are right to be wary, especially with things you consider precious to yourself. Though, I appreciate your vote of confidence. And Sifa takes the Kasarigama delicately and looks it over. As she peers down at it, you can see the yellow of her eyes. It has a bit of a glow to it in the shadows within the restaurant. The chain of the Kasari Gama sparkles in her eyes. And doing this, like you can see that she is finding the things that you found when you took the time to silently look over this weapon in your time alone. She sees the nicks, the scratches, the worn pieces of this thing. Uh, and I'm sure she asks herself similar questions to ones you asked. What battle did this come from? How long has it been held like this, and by whose hands? This is a fine weapon. A weapon, no doubt, of the liquid swords. What? The liquid swords have a flair for the dramatic. Like many martial societies, uh, it is not simply enough to strike someone down with a weapon that everyone else can use. There's a bit of bravado in proving that you can strike someone down with a truly ridiculous weapon that you've invented, or master something that someone made of desperation. The liquid so- <laughs> Go ahead. In that moment, John, it just kind of like flashes back to the fight against the Mariner and the first time he like actually ensnared his sword and how goofy that felt. <laughs> just like right. <laughs> this, I'm sure you may know, is a Kusari Gama. Kusari Gama is a peasant's weapon, a weapon that is usually part of a rebellion. This here. She holds up the scythe end of it. It's not a scythe. I can't, I don't know. Like, because Arigamas look like they got a tiny scythe. I don't know what that's called. Like a sickle? Blade. Sickle. That's it. Yeah. yeah. She holds up the sickle end of it. This is a farming tool. And by attaching the chain, it becomes a weapon. Certainly, one could use a sickle in a fight to some effect, but attaching the chain allows someone to contend against a spear or a sword. This weapon symbolizes the decision of someone to fight on behalf of their family when they have not been raised to fight, when they have not been raised to do anything but nurture and protect and are forced into a world of blood and strife. The liquid swords take pride in elevating that to the same heights of those that worship the sword. Those that worship nobility, that thing that should have died when the stars struck the earth. So, I took this from someone from the liquid swords? Am I a part of the liquid swords? Will I be a part? That is a question that only you can answer. I feel like I already did. You know only that you attained a weapon belonging to the liquid swords, and presumably you know how to use it. I 
also imagine if some version of yourself that will one day be decided to bestow this gift upon you, he was trying to communicate something to you. Only you can decide what that communication truly means. To answer your question in another way, I do believe that you would possess the power to take such a weapon from the liquid swords. I also believe that you would possess the skill to join the liquid swords and be gifted it. Mm-hmm. Jonet has another pang of... The more information about this he gets, the more obvious it becomes that he's already starting to feel homesick for the Uhuru. I'm seeing discomfort. What makes you uncomfortable? I have seen pathways and variables and all the avenues to get to a location. And I don't feel like I'm, I'm allowed to have a favorite one. I'm allowed to have one that I want, but that that's, that might not be the one that needs to be. And I see it, I understand it, but you know, sometimes I wish that, uh, it was possible to do everything and stay on that ship. You've made a decision like this before, though, haven't you? What do you mean? You left your home. You left your father. You left Zana. Wait, how do you know that name? I suppose it's time to reveal that Zana is a member of my fleet. I'm... I'm... Zana Kessler? Yes, Zana Kessler, I believe. Yay, hi. Very annoying. Very sweet, but very annoying. Well, she's grown some since you've last seen her. I don't know if you can grow out of that being that annoying. What? What? Uh, One, that is the message that I believe I have judged you are worthy of receiving. Zana sends her love and also says that you shouldn't have taken the map. It was not yours. You know, I put that map to good use and... (sighs) How long? I believe coming up on a year. No! She can't do anything on her own! It was my idea to leave! What? And that brings me to another question. If it was your idea to leave... Why did you leave her? Because it was... I was going out into the open world. Its sphere is filled with dangers. I can't... It's be too much for her. Well, if I've managed to do nothing else, let me disabuse you of that notion of your sister. She is the Star Watcher aboard the Storm. Shut up! Sorry! Shut up! Sorry! What? Well in training to be Star Watcher, but she's progressing quite nicely. What ship did you say she was on? The Storm. It is a smaller vessel. Usually crews only about 10 to 20. 
Did she stow away? Did she did she uh, did she break open a, a box of cargo and seal herself in? Or any other original ideas? No, I believe she was hired through traditional channels. Oh, I never thought about applying. Well, from what I understand, joining the Uhuru is a bit of a complicated process. It's very wacky. She would like to extend an invitation. Oh. Oh, wow. You know, I... I kind of thought that the next time I'd see her, I'd be coming down from the skies over Acheron and was kind of going to rub it in faces, but... Well, I believe you will be half right, as your seer's eyes might serve you well. She has invited you to meet up with her again in Acheron to celebrate your 16th year. Oh. Wow. Why can't anything be simple? Why can't anything just be... Why can't I just be a normal sky pirate? On a normal ship? With normal... People... People crew members? Sifa smiles. Because cruel men command the world. I mean, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna go back. And wait, how big is it? how big is your ship? Twenty, My 20 ship. people. Her 20. ship is twenty. Yes. Okay. All right. I got that beat. I got that beat. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Man, and she's like really good, right? Really she, good at star watching. She is doing quite well. Has definitely applied herself to her studies from. What my captain tells me. Mm. Once you move past your sibling rivalry, I believe you should find some pride in that. I am proud. I'm also just annoyed. I can't believe she left dad. Well, I hope that in a few short months that you all will be able to sort through that together. Mm. Now, Mr. Kessler, I do not wish to detain you, though I hope I have made it clear that I will offer you my guidance always, whether you desire it or not. You don't have any more of those needles ready to go. Do you? Like, you're not going to prick me and I'm not going to be able to, like, say the letter L or something, right? Oh, Mr. Kessler. Of course I do. Yeah, I thought so. Well, I think we're done here, but I don't want to... I don't feel like this carries well, like, in a to-go bag, so I'm just going to eat this, so... Uh, you still got some left. Hmm. Yes, I I would like sharing a meal with you. That sounds like a lovely start to this morning. And I think like the camera will zoom out on these two sitting across the table uh eating together. 
<laughs> so do you, do you go to a lot of bird festivals? Is that your thing, or do you just kind of find yourself there? Oh, I enjoy watching competitions very much. Uh, one of the luxuries afforded me by leading the Tempest Armada is that I get to travel and see folk prove themselves all across Sphere. Hmm. Cool. That feels like very elegant, and I got okay. to I got to most of the things I was planning on getting to. <laughs> also, <laughs> also the Earth will explode in thirty days. Oh, that was a big one. Should have mentioned that one. <laughs> huge, huge. Actually, now that I think of it, <laughs> led with that. So I actually want to cut to a flashback. I think that's the most efficient way to do this. And that flashback is from the night that Margaret departed. And this is between Gable and Margaret. This is as Margaret is finishing collecting her things, going around the ship to various crew members to say goodbye. Margaret, I I think, is in the captain's office right now with Gable. And... Gable, what is their, what are they like in this situation with someone departing the ship like this? I'm trying to figure out the timeline because there wasn't a whole lot of time between Jack making the claim and then her leaving. So what, I, I think there is some wiggle room in the timeline because Jack did say that he was going to give her an opportunity to like say goodbyes and gather effects. We cut mm-hmm. immediately to Travis and Margaret saying goodbye to one another. But we had even, I think in that episode, we say like, we assume that other goodbyes happen. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm taking the liberty that there was a little bit of time in here. Do you have your wallet? I do. Do you have water? Do you have a water skin? <laughs> Gable, are you concerned for me? No, I'm just making sure that you've covered all your bases. It's been a hard day. I definitely appreciate that. I think there's some spare fruit leather in the kitchens that we can give you in case you get peckish on the way. I am sure that I can speak to B or Mr. Fieri uh, and have that arranged. I'm sorry, Fieri. Oh, is it Fieri? Like, I I can't remember (laughs) the fake name that was submitted for him. Oh, no, 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 no. Guy Fieri. We were supposed to pronounce it Fieri. Fieri. Okay. (laughs) The the man himself. I'm I'm sure Mr. I'm sure B or Mr. Fieri would be able to arrange that for me. I think, sorry to keep (laughs) going. I think it wasn't it Ferretti. It was fellow Ferretti. Fellow Ferretti. Okay. I think <laughs> this is this has important canon implications. I think B or Mr. Ferretti might be able to arrange that for me, but thank you. I don't think you're pronouncing that right. No. <laughs> Who's to say? I, I guess I guess with a response like that, it's probably a good thing that I'm leaving this ship now, as clearly someone has rubbed off on me a little bit. 
though I do regret that we didn't get to spend more time together. I regret it too, but you came into our lives for a purpose, and that purpose was Travis, and, you know. (laughs) Travis was my client, but I hesitate to say that Travis alone would be my purpose. As a lily, I try to go where people need help, and the luminaries guided me eventually to your ship. But I believe there was more, which is one of the reasons that I regret departing so soon. I'm sorry that you couldn't get all the way through your to-do list. Gable, I have a request to make. Well, of course. Travis has made a great deal of progress in the short time that we were able to spend together. And I believe that Travis is not the only person who will be affected positively by that. Oh, you... Listen, you have no idea. You have no idea. Oh, boy. Everyone's just going to be so much happier. You have no idea how, how, how well you've done for us. Oh, my God. I'm saying this because I believe Travis needs you. I don't know about need. Travis? Travis has not spoken, really spoken, in a way that was helpful or meaningful to him, to anyone else in almost 200 years. And he does that with you only begrudgingly. I fail to see how that's my responsibility. I'm not saying necessarily that it's your responsibility because your life is your own, I am saying that I don't think our dear Travis is much of a sharer. No. Which means that it would be very helpful if someone were to ask him to share from time to time. (sighs) I will do it. I will ask Travis how he is from time to time, if only to speed this along. Because I, Margaret, I adore you. I'm tired of rehabilitating the worst person I know. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of talking about his feelings. I'm sure they're very important. He's a dear friend, but I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go into that deep dark, wet cave anymore. I don't like it there. Here's the thing. When you talk to Travis, he shouldn't be alone in rehabilitation. And don't take that as an insult, but you could certainly interpret it that way. You should. I have I have lots of stuff. I have so much stuff. It, uh, cosmological stuff. Internal mm-hmm. stuff. Yes. And sure, I'll deal with it sometime. But also, uh, Gable, there is no time like the present. Uh, Again, believe me, I do wish that you and I had more time together because I do think you need some time. You are probably as wounded as Travis, but more high functioning. Do you really think that Travis could help with that? Do you really think that Talk therapy with Gable and Travis is a good idea or helpful to either of us? I'm not so sure about that. Yes, sincerely and firmly. 
You both have cosmological stuff. <sighs> like it or not, more than almost anyone else in Sphere, you know what each other are going through. That might be why you've been so drawn to one another over the years. I'm being petulant, but I know that I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a hard time because I'll miss you. Margaret grabs Gable's hand and reaches all the way up to place a hand on their cheek. I know, and it's because you're a brat. (laughs) Margaret (laughs) then uh, gives Gable a hug and they part their ways and we can return ourselves to the present where somewhere Travis is sulking within Gable's line of eyesight. Hey heroes, it's James, your Game Master, and welcome to the mid-roll. This one comes to us from Transformed Volume 1 by Al Nguyen. Transformed is an LGBT magical boy comic about Kay, a closeted trans man who finds a magic ring that turns him into a dashing, boy-smooching hero. The first printed volume is funding on Kickstarter until February 21st, and you can back it now at bit.ly slash transformedcomic or read the whole thing online for free at transformedcomic.com. Heroes, you know I love the magical person genre, and who couldn't use a ring that transforms them into a magical, dashing, boy-smooching hero? Seriously, folks, this sounds right up the alley of so many of our listeners, and I hope you support them the way they supported us. A huge thanks to Al Newen for sponsoring the show this week, and a hearty wish of good luck to Transformed for their Kickstarter. It looks like they're extremely close to their goal, so I hope we help push them over the line. Speaking of Kickstarters, here over at the OneShot HQ, we are gearing up for a Kickstarter for Season 2 of Skyjack's Courier's Call. If you haven't listened to Season 1, it is complete and able to be binged right now. I truly love that season, and I am so excited about Season 2. I've been talking to Drew and Allie about their plans, and there is some absolutely dope stuff that's going to go down with your support. If you want to find out as soon as the Season 2 Kickstarter launches, the best way to do that is head over to bit.ly slash skyjackscrew. That is the Skyjack's mailing list where we offer you previews of cool things coming up, as well as the latest information about all things Skyjack's. So listen to Courier's Call and stay on the mailing list to stay informed. Uh, Speaking of Courier's Call, there's some bonus content that I accidentally scheduled for this week instead of last week. The second part of the discussion between myself, Drew, and Pat about the first season of Courier's Call. I just donked up the scheduling real bad on that one, so that's just going to be coming out this Friday. A huge thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. I truly hope y'all enjoyed this year's campaign Valentine's as much as I did. Susie and Carol did such an incredible job. If you don't want to miss out on rewards like that, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to be a supporter. We wouldn't be able to make this show as incredible...
And I believe that based on the time, Travis is sulking as a snake. So I, I would love Johnny to, how does Travis sulk? <laughs> I think that as a snake, he's got his tail like up. So he's leaning on it. <laughs> Like it's like, you know, like he's doing a Yeah, like a chin in his hands. Uh, where are we? That is a thing for you to decide. I mean, you could be aboard the ship. You could be somewhere in Ungoni. You know, it, it's a question of where Travis likes to go to feel bad about stuff. And uh, <laughs> I think that. I, I think that he probably goes up to the like the crow's nest, honestly. Oh it's, wow! Like I think that it is a spot where he can have privacy, so he's probably often there as an animal anyway. But then he just has sort of used it as a little private skulking place. <laughs> this is even better because he has to be curled around his hot water bottle to stay warm up there. Oh, he's so grumpy with his little blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gable sees him just leaning over the side of <laughs> of the crow's nest, just sort of flopping around and sighing a lot. <sighs> I think he's also letting the water bottle, like the, the heater, mm-hmm. like once the heat runs out, I think that he did not like make any effort to reheat it. And he's just like slowly getting colder and colder. And he's like, Ugh. Slowing down, like literally slowing down his yeah, body, like, his little snake Like a body. reptile would, yeah. <laughs> Gable sees that from, I think, the deck size. <sighs> Fine. And wa- starts climbing up to the crow's nest. <laughs> I think you say that like standing next to Pliff and Pliff like startles and freaks out uh, thinking that that was meant for him. And then backs away as you do that. (laughs) Peeks over the side. Occupied. Hey, buddy. Yes. May I help you? You little grumpy right now? We've made it. We're here. No need to come to the crow's nest anymore. We've found it. Okay. (laughs) Gable gets their feet in and picks Travis up and, like, puts him under, under the coat. Oh, Travis, when they pick him up, he just goes completely limp. (laughs) (laughs) It's like gathering up a noodle. Yeah. Drama. (laughs) If you will stop being so dramatic, I will help you. But I know you love drama. I'm not being dramatic. I am dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't help me because there's nothing to help. I see we're having big feelings today. No. How big are your feelings? Are your feelings this big or this big? Do you want to yell and scream? Or do you want to talk about your feelings? Either one is good. Neither. I was fine before you got here. (laughs) Cable takes out like a little notebook from their pocket. Like, ways to talk to Travis. (laughs) (laughs) Condescension, question mark. (laughs) None of those are going to work. Okay. We don't need Why do you help. care anyway? I uh, Why do you make, why do you make this so hard? Why do you make this so hard? I you're, didn't do anything. You're I sad was up friend. here 
minding my own business. And then you came up here. I don't know how you fit. It's a small little it's a crow's it's a crow's nest, not a griffin's nest. Oh, oh, ooh, ooh, we're being sizest. Okay, well, great. I just thought that it maybe it'll be easier and move things along faster because we had a whole thing not a few days ago about how we need to be more expressive with our emotions and how it'll be healthier for both of us to talk about the things because we're the only people who understand each other. But, you know, if we don't want to do that, I can leave and you can freeze? Do snakes freeze or do they just go into hibernation? I don't, I don't, I didn't research animals because I like human friends. And instead, I'm dealing with you. Well, then come talk to me tonight. No. We have business to Look, we have, we have things to do and I want you to move this along whatever you're moping about. I admit there is a lot of common ground here, what with us both being very old and some of us aging more gracefully than others, and I know that can be hard for you. But the thing is, there are also some things that you just wouldn't understand. You couldn't understand. And you don't have to worry about them. But if you ever want to talk about being old, I'm happy to do that. Because I, too, am old. Are we going to do one of those things where it's like two dads talk about football, but they're really talking about their feelings? No, I'm genuinely saying we're both old and we can we can have common ground there. If you came to me and said, oh, Travis, you know that thing where you have too many eyes and it's horrible to look at you? I would say, no, I, I can't relate to that because I'm but a man and a snake and a, ki- and a coyote and a rabbit. And a different bird. Mm-hmm. Well, I have. Offered... And what's football? Oh, football is. Uh, in some places, it is played with the feet, and in some places, it is played with the hands and the feet. Uh, that is well, called why would they... football. One is called soccer. What's and American? What is? <laughs> what's a ball? Am I bad? Right? <laughs> well, I know, I know what know a ball one. is. I'm not stupid. What? If, what if we didn't know what balls were? That's fun. That's a fun thing for us to maybe. How about this? Well, yeah, those squ- well, those square things. Well, <laughs> the things that we play with that are square. Travis, I I know that our lives will be easier if we make the attempt, and I'm not going to make any more attempts because I don't need you to talk to me about these things. I need you to know that I'm here if you want. But that's as far as I'm going to go. Well, it's nice to know that that you're here. And you're not leaving. Not yet. Would it be okay if you sat up here for a while? My water bottle is starting to run out of heat. And, you know, it's something that you're good at is generating a lot of heat. Like a... Like a big stupid furnace. Mm-hmm. Like a sack of meat, I understand. Do you want a pocket? Sure. Just not the one with the cat in it. Okay. <laughs> I'll bite the cat. Don't bite the cat. <laughs> oh, just don't put me in the cat pocket. Don't bite. I don't, I don't remember which one's the cat pocket. What do you mean? What? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Who's that man? 
<laughs> this crow's nest is not that big. Occupied. I'm sorry, I'll leave. <laughs> Jerk off Jimmy. Ew. No, not more of them. I, um, you know, it's just, you know, it's hard when people leave. Oh, this is a Margaret thing. Well, she was super nice, and I know that you two had a connection, but you know you might see her again, and she's, uh, we'll find lots of good friends in the sky in our many adventures. Well, the, the thing is, I think I'm afraid of what would happen if I see her again. Why? She's a nice lady. Did you do something? Did you, were you mean to her? She's going to kick your ass when we see her again? Yes and no, respectively. But yes, I was mean to her. No, she's not going to kick my ass. Why would you? Why would you, Travis? If you are cruel to Margaret, no, I'm not undo, cruel. Undo, just undo, undoing everything that she did for you. No, what is wrong with not, you? Not cruel. Just you know, mean in the sort of ah oh, shucks way that I am. Ugh. Ugh. I wasn't more mean to her than I am to anyone else. I guess. I think that's enough. What is your second fear? I just don't know. Well, I don't know how she came to be to be in Nordia or or why and it's it's just troubling. It's fortunate happenstance. Lily's travel no, frequently. It's not that. It's not Gable, how much do you remember from, you know, before? Before when? Well, before you... Oh. More every day, but still not a great amount. Do you remember what it was like in between? I don't know if that makes sense. I, I don't under... Well, there was a time when you were, you know, an angel doing angel things up in the sky or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there was a time when you were, you know, you making things more difficult for me. Mm-hmm. But what about oh. when you were neither? When I was dying? Yeah. I remember. Cold water? I remember pinpoints of light. I remember hands. And I remember coming up for air. And then it all happening again. Why? Are you are you glad that you survived or came back or would you rather have would you rather have just died? I don't know why, but at the time, I feel a great mourning and a desire to be released from the pain. So if you had asked me then, I would have said yes. Look, you don't have to believe me, 
and you don't have to care. I'm just talking. Does Gable know about the original Margaret? I'm trying to remember that too. Maybe not, if unless you've told that to us. I have to imagine. I know we did this whole thing where we looked into different moments where Gable and Travis met each other in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of feel like there could be a couple other instances. Sure. Those were just some particularly significant ones. I think there must have been a time when because we know they have they get drunk together sometimes and share feelings. <laughs> mm-hmm. There must have been a time when Travis told the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. And so. we can always play that scene out as Patreon bonus content <laughs> or <laughs> live show fodder. <laughs> really, however people want to throw money at us, that can happen. Really, it's it's because we're just too poor to do it right well. now. <laughs> I I think no i know that margaret was margaret yes margaret's margaret well no are you feeling okay no okay i'm gonna hold you a little bit start rubbing you a little bit to warm you up oh yeah i love you're just holding him closer to your chest it's like a little hug as much as you can hug a snake (laughs) margaret was her your it was her, yes. How? And I, I didn't tell you when we first met her, but she looked exactly like her, and I thought it was maybe some sort of weird, spooky coincidence. I mean, you're alive for 200 years. You know, they're going to run out of new faces, you know. <laughs> but it <laughs> was her. And, and I knew all along but i couldn't i couldn't bring myself to know and then when she left i was sure and the thing is you and i both know that's impossible and i'm just worried i can't help but worry that it's my fault that she's here again and i i can't bring myself to think of bringing her more pain. And I don't I don't know if it's my fault that she's here and that she wasn't able to why to would just it, why would it be your fault? I don't know. It was my fault that she was gone in the first place. What if it's my fault that she got ripped back out? And what does that mean? You can't think that way. If you hold yourself responsible for everything that occurs in this world, you're going to drive yourself mad. And, and what if now that she's back and she's not dead anymore, what if they're looking for her now too? And she doesn't even know. Oh, that's quite a pickle you have there. Do you think she knows? She knows. And I I don't think this is just your decision. Well, I didn't decide anything. She just showed up. But you have to arm her. Whether and however much she remembers and however much Rusalka and the Forest Queen are going to pursue her, you need to arm her with the information that she needs. Well, not just them, but what about the Cutting Stone? I mean, coming after me is one thing. Who cares? Oh, everyone's lives become 
unnecessarily complicated when you're involved with them, aren't they? That's what I'm... Yes, yes, it's my fault. It's my fault she died. It's my fault she came back. It's my fault she's being chased by the cutting stone. It's my fault she's with Jolly Jack and he's terrible. It's a little bit of narcissism on your part. There's a lot of agency. (laughs) It's not all about you. We're we're here too. Well, I'm just saying she did... She didn't choose to drown in a river, and I assume she didn't choose to come back. Let's think one thing at a time. Okay, great. She didn't choose to drown in a river. Okay. Are you happy she's here? I don't know. I don't know. If she's happy she's here, then I'm happy she's here. But what if she's suffering? What if she's still tethered to the other side in some way and she can't live a full life here? Then of course I'm not happy. Well, there's no way for you to know that until you talk to her. Well, and now she's gone. Well. Again. Then the next time you see her, there's things that you cannot worry about right now. What if I never do? What if I'd never see her again? And I don't worry about it now and I don't worry about it until I see her again and... What if she's like me now and she just can't, she just can't die. She's stuck like us. And those are circumstances that she will have to deal with. But in the same way, do you blame the forest queen? Yes, you do. But what if you released yourself from that blame and just accepted the world as it was? That's a gift you can give yourself and hopefully Margaret will give you that gift. I don't think I don't think it's possible to accept the world as it was. I don't think it's possible to to remove blame from from the forest queen or any luminaries. I'm not even sure that there is such a thing as agency at all. Not to be dramatic. Well, it's very dramatic. <laughs> but if everything is as the luminaries will it, Travis says to the person who killed God, well, then what's the point? <laughs> I think that's a frightening thought, a lack of free will. But I think <laughs> I can do this. And Gable drops him on the ground. Which luminaries willed that? The butcher? The island? Oh, perhaps it, oh. Was, perhaps it was the child. <laughs> I think does it matter? Getting, it does. Does it matter? Nothing matters. And if nothing matters, then we are so free. We are so free to do whatever we want and to fix things and to defy the wills of these greater powers that are trying to decide the world for us. Isn't that exciting? I'm going to drop you again. Then I'll just wrap myself around your arm. Hmm. But what if I was always going to wrap myself around your arm? Well, if that's the case... If the luminaries do guide everything with a great predisposition, I think it is our task as their irresponsible children to subvert them whenever we choose. But with this, I just feel so powerless to subvert them. There was nothing I could do to save her. And there was nothing I could do to stop her from coming back. You're right. 
What do you want to do with that? What is there to do? Did you have a proper mourning period when she passed away? (laughs) Yeah, it was about 200 years long. And then she showed up again. No, although your grief has mutated in certain ways that make sense. I think you need to mourn the life that you were going to have before you can really look at this life that you have now. There were many things about the life that I was supposed to have that I hated. And then everything changed. Have I ever told you about about the day William's parents died? No. I never thought you had parents. I thought you just sprouted out of the ground like a tree. Well, unfortunately, even the most elegant trees <laughs> do do have a mess of roots. Like a Joshua tree, just just nubs. A what? A Joshua tree. <laughs> <laughs> a jo- now, what is a Joshua tree? Where, where, a terrible where in place. Where are those indigenous? <laughs> Outside of Los Angeles, <laughs> Los Angeles, named after me and my kin. Well, before the stars fell and before this, and Travis like uses his little tail to gesture to his snake body, mm-hmm. William ran away from home. And then <laughs> it's hard to remember anything but fire. Hmm. And the fire came for them. The fire didn't just take them. It came for them. And then the fire looked at him. But for some reason it spared him. Mm. How old was he? He was just a boy. But he was old enough to survive even after they'd gone. And old enough to carve out a life for himself. And then that life changed again. The path that William was on after that night was much different than the one he was on before that night. But it was still a path. And then, you know, everything changed again. And William's... Days were still William's days, but William's nights belonged to the Forest Queen. And his days and nights stretched on for so long. And once she was gone, the days and nights didn't matter. William's time and the Forest Queen's time were all the same. And, well, the the most unexpected path, the most unexpected life wound up being the longest one. And you can't really plan for something when you can't see. I can see how you would feel that your life is not yours. That you were never given the chance to choose what it is you wanted to be. And even when I did make decisions before, they wound up not mattering. What if William was always going to become this? 
And there was nothing he or I or Jolly Jack could have done to stop that. <laughs> How do you plan for that? If your life was your own, not to say that it is, there's no way for me to know that. There's no way for you to know that. What would you want it to look like? Because once you decide that, we may not be able to achieve it, but we can achieve a, a pale imitation. Maybe that has to be enough. I think it would just be nice have a little peace and quiet for a change <laughs> that would mean you would have to shut up for once <laughs> you know I know sometimes I think might not be so bad. And the sun stretches high over Ungoni as it floats towards the horizon, gently flying on the wind. It tips past the point of noon and starts its slow descent that eventually will change Travis Matigo back into a man. I think that they stay up there just kind of in silence and Travis turns back into a man in Gable's lap. (laughs) Oh, that's very sweet and I love that. I think that maybe they both like kind of just like doze off Mm -hmm. and then it's just kind of like they're woken up by him being a a man. That's... Oh, ah!
So we return once again to the long line of applicants in front of the skyship Uhuru. We see a very tall young man uh, break away from the line, carrying a very professional looking headshot and resume. He is a black man with a hair poofed up. He's wearing a blue headband. He is also wearing like kind of a vest, uh, not really a shirt. Uh, it's it's open. You can see his abs. He's got like an eight pack. He's overall just very strong, very handsome man. Uh, what's your name and who is my your name photographer? Is, uh, my, name, my name is Johnny Kesslew. Uh, <laughs> interesting okay i'm a professional model uh interesting aspiring actor uh um i'm actually just here to uh to sort of observe get get better comfortable with the character that that i'm auditioning for a part for oh uh, <laughs> see i knew this was something i just didn't quite think that it was this uh quick yeah. question you said you're auditioning for a part what is the the production uh oh uh so they're they're doing a movie about the recent races in Bougenith. uh wow. i'm a model i'm a model for uh uh griffin beat magazine um <gasps> i sort of a yeah yeah so i sort of did a co-shoot with you oh johnny kiss uh- Man, I didn't even recognize you. You Yeah, that's my abs. Yeah. That's my abs. Yeah. Yeah. I remember so, this. Griffin Beat. Those I'm were just, one of those magazines that was that were using Jonathan's likeness without any compensation. Yes. Well, I mean, he's a public figure, so Yeah, this could be could use compensation though. It's well so Do you remember uh, Do you remember that time that um Oh, like Canada Goose or something just made a billboard with Barack Obama uh, who happened to be wearing one of their jackets and they just used like an Associated Press photo and they were like, look, the president wears our clothes. And people were like, hey, that's weird and not okay. No, no I don't remember. Seems that. Like that should be illegal. <laughs> that, that feels very wrong to me. Johnny Kesslew. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Huh. Um, well, well, uh, Kesslu, uh, how how you been? Have you been? Uh, have them abs made it to any other uh, any other people these days? Any other front pages? You know, honestly, uh, there there's a lot of work just kind of surrounding you and your stories. I hear that uh, there are a couple screenplays coming out of Nordia uh, based on some stuff that you did there. Wait uh, a minute. Why I'm are all these people making uh, money off of of what we do and not telling us? Fair point. <laughs> should we get I lawyers? Mean, capitalism. <laughs> you probably should. <laughs> I mean, you, you're a criminal, so it's going to be tough. Uh you know, sure? like, yeah, just like a a, a dirty lawyer. <laughs> We've got to have yeah. some yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. lawyer on board, right? Statistically, yeah, like a like a Rudy Giuliani type. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I do mean, have this melting candle that could be if, my lawyer. If you <laughs> add, if you add a lawyer character, they're gonna go on the death chart. So you don't want to be a big tragedy if they die. Mm. So, isn't I mean, it anyway? Funny I'm that- applying to be a part of the crew. That there's there was a whole like genre of jokes from the nineties that were just lawyer jokes. 
Travis, I have a question. You're just sort of sitting in the corner looking at a porthole reminiscing about things. <laughs> You're not really participating in this one. Hmm? Just, you ever wonder about airplane food? Yeah, well, I, me too. That's ridiculous. What's an airplane? <laughs> Who's fair. Barack Obama? <laughs> that's also fair. <laughs> According to this blue bird that I listened to, a war criminal and a pretty bad one. <laughs> Uh, well, who am I? I don't us? think you can trust that bird. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, well, I think we're all probably a little bit war criminals. Uh, yeah. I believe a wise man once said, "Whoever is not a war criminal, please cast the first stone." <laughs> <laughs> live, 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 uh, live long enough to see yourself become the war criminal. Or die at the hands of a war criminal. That's uh-huh. be the war criminal you want to see in this world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dress for the war criminal you want to be, not the war, <laughs> not criminal, the war you criminal you are. You are. A war criminal's right twice a day. <laughs> so, John, it this seems like so. Understandably, this is all research for a role. Correct. You don't really want to join the group. Correct. Well. I, you know, I feel like I want the experience. Uh, it'll help me learn a bunch of things, make the role sort of my own. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of action roles that I'd, I'd like to do. I, I think uh, this is just good experience overall for my career. Well, Jonet, why don't you conduct the interview and see how well this individual is you? Okay. Uh, all right. Well, uh uh for for lunch on the ship uh it's pizza what kind of pizza are you getting uh 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 i i i like a like a nice paleo pizza uh helps me keep in shape uh so i just wow. I take wow. you take meat you take like a a meat like chicken and you you spray it with sauce and then you cook that Okay, actually, real quick, maintain the eight pack. (laughs) Have you been on a ship before? Because we don't, we don't really. There's not necessarily an option to spray things. Like even pizza on the ship is a luxury. (laughs) You kind of just take what you're given. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've roughed it on shoots before, so maybe a crudite. Uh, just instead, <laughs> sort of. Oh, okay, you know what? That. Here, actually, we're just gonna go ahead and uh, do this uh, a combat uh, practice. Johnny go reaches into a drawer, pulls out a wooden knife, tosses it at Johnny, and then he pulls out another wooden knife. Okay, unguard. Here we go, and he thrusts at Johnny. Uh, it, it the wooden knife shatters on Johnny's flawless abs. Okay, looks like you passed that one. All right. Um, well, uh, okay. Here's another. Th- here's another thing. Um, you're in the. Air. Have you ever ridden a bird before? Oh no, no, I haven't. Uh, I I don't typically work with animals, but I could. Okay, I'm have willing you ever, to try. Have you I'm ever to try. cast magic before? Uh, like magic cards. Magic card. Wow. Okay, that we are the world it has oh, magic cards. Big okay, <laughs> big nerd, <laughs> big fucking nerd. Wow. Kesslu, you are Ugh. full of surprises, a lot of disappointments, but <laughs> wow, those abs. <laughs> Actually, you know what? New test. Um, 
Jonnet uh, goes to the cupboard in the back. He pulls out a full wooden spear, rears back, and he thrusts at Kesslu's abs. Again, shatters uh, entirely, uh, just filling the air with with fragments and splinters. Okay, Jonnet goes back to the cupboard. He pulls out a wooden gun. Jonnet, no, Jonnet. And then he just throws the gun at the abs. <laughs> Again, shatters completely. Jonnet, you're wasting you're wasting resources. No, 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 hang on, hang on, wait a minute. Now, now I've I've noticed a pattern, and now I have to double check the pattern. Okay. So then, uh, uh, Jonnet goes. Uh, he he goes to the captain and um, he very cautiously <laughs> double checks that captain's cool with it, and then he takes his hat off the captain's hat uh, head, <laughs> and then he just he throws the hat at the abs. <laughs> yeah, it's got to shatter completely. What of is course. what is what are your abs made of? <laughs> I don't know. I work out a lot. There's a foul magic <laughs> happening in this man's torso area that turns even soft material to hard, shatterable construct. Do you ever wonder why they don't just build the whole man out of the abs? <laughs> All right. I'm going to put Travis to bed. I think no, he's come I'm- unstuck. The, I, you're gonna, I'm. You're gonna put the bed to me. Johnny goes the, and I, gets no. a glass of water. He takes the water and then he he splashes the water at his abs. Yeah, it turns to snow. <laughs> so it's ice now. <laughs> it's these classic coastal elites from Hollywood or from New York City. Uh, it's Flat- pronounced Holly Weird. Holly Weird in New York shitty, am I right? Won't get my salsa from there. Always going on about their movies and their abs turning water to snow. Uh, not in my ship. No, no. <laughs> uh, All right, I'm going to put Travis to bed. <laughs> well, uh, I think you need to, after that, I think you're the one who needs bed. I, we all need bed, really. <laughs> Everyone needs bed. Okay, uh... Kesslu, here's the thing. I really, I really appreciate you lending your 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 rock hard abs to my uh, my front page, but I, I I don't know if we can trust th- uh, that you're not going to inadvertently explode something on this ship. I don't know if we can let you on. I mean, you know, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, you know, hang on to my headshot. Hang on to my resume. Uh, if any of y'all need ab doubles, uh, you know, I'm around. That's Johnny Kesslu. You can contact my agent right there. Wow, you're represented by Grossman and Jack Talent. That's really nice. Oh, that's fine. How is Donna? <laughs> <laughs> and scene. We'll call that one there. Shout out to Tyler's representation. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like The Broadswords. The Broadswords is an all-women D&D podcast focused on drama, roleplay, and subverting stereotypes. Join the Broads as they unravel the mysteries of the snowy Rashomon, a land ruled by witches steeped in superstition. Berserkers reign, and spirits roam the frozen wastes. Yelaris, Kila, and Maypri all have their own reasons for journeying north, but soon they discover they have something in common. 
They are pawns in a divine plot. You can find The Broadswords on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y. P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter, at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.